Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. The first day that I could be interviewed, the 17th, um, Greg, George, and Condi were there like breakfast time, the very first day. And... And I knew that meant something. Um, Houston, we, we did a Zoom call. That was all of the, the process was fantastic. That was uh, that was Sean Payton at his press conference a couple days ago. The, uh, Sean Payton speaking into a Hey Ben, is that overmodulated when the mic sounds like that, or is he just popping his peas? What, what's wrong with the microphone? There? Yeah, our, our technical expert. I'm not an engineer, so I actually don't know. Oh, ben, okay. What the hell? Ben just learned on the job. It's not like he went to SoundCloud University. Or That's something. true. He That's just, true. Yeah, he's a quick study. Um, all right. If you can... um, so th- that whole that's not us, everybody. It's annoying. Like every time Sean Payton speaks during this, you're going to hear that. Yeah. And um, but that was that was Sean Payton talking about how how impressed he was that the Denver people uh, apparently woke up on time and were there for breakfast on the first day that they were allowed to meet in person. He kind of casually dismissed the fact that the Texans had a Zoom call. And I know a lot of people had this theory of, like, wait a second, the Texans are meeting via Zoom. Isn't that going to be insulting to Sean Payton? Well, it might be insulting if you're an over-the-hill boomer who hasn't adjusted the times. And also, and I don't know, Sean, Sean Payton might not actually be aware of the fact that the Texans met via Zoom because they weren't allowed to meet with him in person until that first day that the Broncos met with him in person. Right. I got to tell you, if... If there's any truth to the supposition that Sean Payton was put off by the Texans Zoom calling him, I say good riddance. Like, oh, all right, yeah. get with the times, Boomer. This is just it's the way things are done now. Sorry, sorry our general manager is actually trying to conduct football operations and get better as a football team. We don't sorry we don't we don't you know stop everything for the great Sean Payton. Yep. Caddy to Drew Brees. Yep. Apologies all around. Sorry, sorry if we don't if we don't show the utmost respect and deference to a guy that paid his players to injure the opponent. Apologies. So, um, so he was a little. Uh, yeah, he was impressed with them. He, he was he very impressed. That they woke up from their eyes wide shut party early enough right. to be there for for <laughs> breakfast in the morning. Um, our theory yesterday, Seth, was that because yeah. we th- there was a report from Ian Rapoport that the Broncos. Literally, he said, tried to hire D'Amico Ryans at the 11th hour of this whole process and then yeah. pivoted back to Sean Payton. The Broncos have denied that through Adam Schefter, and they denied it again at the press conference earlier this week. Or, or uh, Was it earlier? It was earlier this week, yeah, on it Monday. It was two days ago. Yeah, it was on yeah. Monday. Um, they, so they denied it again. Ownership denied that again. The general manager, George Payton, um, also yeah. de- denied it with a little more detail. Was, you, you and I both – go ahead. 
The original tweet was Ian Rappaport. He said, unbelievable. The Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again today before he recommitted to the Texans, sources say. When he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved and finalized Sean Payton, to which Adam Schefter responded, Timing of today's two hires was completely coincidental. Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton and Houston on Ryans. Right, right. And and when you don't have the context of a press conference or any detail, it looks like these two guys are are portraying opposite points of view. Like one is calling the other a liar, Schefter and Rappaport. The more you hear in the press conference and the more they stressed how long they, being the, the Broncos brass and Payton, Sean Payton, stressed how long the process was to get the trade done with New Orleans to secure the rights to negotiate with him, you could tell that, okay, and you and I kind of arrived at this theory, I could see them still keeping in touch with D'Amico in some way in, yeah. in case in case the Sean Payton deal fell through. Right, and, um, and Sean Payton was actually the one that wasn't specifically asked about that scenario, but he volunteered this later on. This was the opportunity that I was interested in, um, and... And I know I was the coach they were interested in. And, yeah, if you're in that position, you're on the phone with everyone because at any time it might not work. And so I think, yeah, I think, I think D'Amico was probably talking with Lewis Hamilton or something because I was on the phone with these guys the whole time. <laughs> okay. Tell people and that's the part Lewis that Hamilton kind of flew is. under the radar because yeah. Lewis, nobody knows who Lewis Hamilton is in this country except yeah. for the people that are the new age hipsters that watch Formula One. Yeah. Um, he's a Formula One driver that's a minority owner for the uh, Broncos. Okay. And that's where I don't like, I don't know if that was a little bit of shade thrown at D'Amico in that he would have been talking to one of the, uh, one of the lesser owners of the team. Yeah. Not one of the high profile ones. Why wouldn't he be talking to Condoleezza Rice? Yeah. Yeah. Or if he's just, uh, or if he's just making a joke, I, I do think that like Peyton gets the deal. And in a way I, I feel like with Peyton evaluating the job, if these guys weren't keeping their options open and perhaps touching base with Jim Harbaugh and all these other things, then it might be a red flag that, okay, these guys don't actually know what they're doing. They're not that because, smart. Yeah. 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 Because, and this is where Sean Payton explains it better than the other two guys did too. The trade, it was not just a done deal that the Saints were going to trade whatever it took to, you know, to get this deal done. There was, I think, some hairiness and perhaps some gamesmanship by both the Broncos and the Saints in using either D'Amico Ryans or withholding the trade, uh, whatever you could do to, 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 get, to use as leverage up to the 11th hour. And, and Sean Payton talked about that, too. Now, it was complex. So if you, any of you were involved in ownership and you were involved in trying to trade for a coach, certainly you would have a plan in place if those stakes were too high. I mean, I, I told Greg and George, here, here's the thing. They're making the trade, but it's like this trade impacts me. And if this trade is for this, then don't take it because I don't want to go if you lose that. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so that's where these guys were fantastic. It's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and, and what he's referring to there is they had to trade draft capital to get him. But Peyton logically would be like, okay, don't trade too much draft capital to get me. <laughs> right. You're going to hamstring honestly, me. Yeah, it's, it's honestly what maybe – you know, Deshaun Watson was probably thinking too, as he's getting traded. Like, great, um, the Browns just traded for the right to be the 2020 Houston Texans. Yes, a team with a quarterback, a high-paid quarterback, and nothing else around him, and no draft picks in the future. Yeah, so that's just great. That's what Peyton was thinking the whole way. So there were there were a lot of moving parts to this, kind of like with the Deshaun Watson trade. You know, obviously not with the same level of scandal, but. Um, there were there were moving parts, and I think the part that I don't believe, 
And this is where, again, like Schefter and, and Rappaport having these conflicting tweets, I don't believe Schefter when he says the Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with Diego yeah, Ryan. that's extreme. Asia. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, okay, like, that's, am I really to believe that? Like, Sean Payton just said, sure, yeah, they should be keeping their options open. Yeah. Um, now, maybe maybe the contact was that the, the Broncos, maybe the Broncos had been talking about it, but then they got word from D'Amico Ryans and his agent that he was just zeroed in, that D'Amico was zeroed in on Houston. I don't know. But I, the, the revelation that somehow the Broncos were still interested in Jim Harbaugh or D'Amico Ryans or anybody else shouldn't be something that precludes them from actually still having Sean Payton as their most desired guy. What what could have what could have been construed as trying to sell D'Amico Ryans on becoming the Broncos head coach and making it appear to be them quote trying to hire him is yeah. that there's a very good chance that D'Amico Ryans may have already turned down the Denver job at that point. That right, that he right. had already made it very clear I want to go to Houston. I mean D'Amico made it clear at his press conference and I choose to believe D'Amico Ryans is that he wanted the Houston job from the get-go. From the time yeah. this job cycle began, he wanted to be the Houston Texans head coach. So this wasn't the same as keeping Ejero Ivero on the back burner or keeping Shane Steichen, whose team's still playing, on the back burner. D'Amico was ready to go to another job at that point. You know what's curious to me now that you bring it up that way, Sean, is the fact that the Texans didn't, as far as we know, request an interview with D'Amico Ryans last year. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe they knew what the answer would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously, different dynamic last changed. Year. <laughs> I guess that's something we could ask D'Amico at some point. Like, what were you thinking? Were you thinking or expecting or hoping for a call last year? Or were the Texans at that point, when they were flirting with Josh McCown, which, as we know now, was heavily influenced by Jack Easterby, or at least we've very good reason to believe that. That might be your answer by... right there. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, they didn't request just... D'Amico. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So I think that the, the the way it could work where both Schefter and Rappaport are both correct is if perhaps maybe maybe the Broncos tried to call D'Amico because they felt like the deal wasn't going through the, with the Saints. And then as part of gamesmanship or something, they told the Saints, hey, we're, we're going to go for D'Amico, okay? This is too much. You're asking for too much. We're not going to do it. Um, and they tried to call D'Amico, but they didn't get a hold of him. And then... Schefter would be correct in saying that they didn't have contact yep. with Ryan's or his agent because they because their calls went unanswered or their texts unreturned. Bottom line is we have D'Amico Ryan's and life is good. Um, Terry Bradshaw, Seth, at the Super Bowl, all the Fox TV personalities, the people doing the game, the studio show folks on both studio shows that they have, which include Sean Payton, were doing media yesterday. I don't know if Peyton did media, but I saw Michael Vick doing media. Terry Bradshaw, who's part of their studio show, did some media at the Super Bowl yesterday. And Terry Bradshaw was dishing, man. This is the, the danger of the danger of spilling the beans to somebody over the age of 70 is that he may very well sit down and just start dishing. I want, to, I want you to take a listen to this. People construed this as basically Terry Bradshaw speaking on behalf of Sean Payton when it came to some of these jobs that had great interest in Sean Payton, here was about a minute with Terry Bradshaw and Vic Lombardi, who's a media member in Denver, doing a back and forth with Terry Bradshaw. Hey, we're from Denver. Yeah, your coworker. I'm so mad at him. Why? Why? Come on, we all saw this coming. When did you know? When did you? Well, know? I knew. Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> uh, Sean knew. We hung with him. Yes. We drank beer. I ate, he, he, I, he drank my whiskey. And uh, we would talk, and he would talk and talk and talk. 
And was a, I'd say, well, you can't go to Charlotte. Yeah. That's the NFC South. Uh, you can't go to Houston. They don't have a quarterback down there. You don't want to be in Houston. Uh, where else could he have gone? Where, where, Arizona. Arizona, no, nah, mm. nah, that quarterback. He didn't want to work with that yeah. quarterback. But he'd rather work with Russ? Uh, I don't think so. But Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you know what? That's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got no choice. But I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He'll get the most out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the pregnant pause. I'll tell you one thing. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was trying, that was Terry Bradshaw trying not to say too much and yet uh, desperately wanting to, uh, you know, be a good dude. Do you, do you <laughs> think, do you think he yeah. is conveying the feelings of Sean Payton on Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson there? It's a really tough one because it's, Bradshaw was presenting it, you know, the way he was phrasing it made it sound like you could interpret it as those being Sean Payton's opinions because he's saying he doesn't want to do that. Or, but I could see Terry Bradshaw saying, like, in the actual moment in the conversation, saying, you don't want this, yes. you don't want that. Yep. yep. So I have, I have no idea when Terry Bradshaw is recounting a drunken conversation with Sean Payton uh, exactly – a, what he's explaining, and B, whether he remembers what he's explaining. Dude. So I think that's more. I think that's more Terry Bradshaw's opinion than it is Sean Payton's. He drank my whiskey. <laughs> is that a metaphor? For something? I don't that, know. I was uh, thinking the same. Does thing. That mean something more than just what it, what it, uh, the face value of it. I, I was know. thinking the same thing. Um, so uh, is Colin Coward upset about that? that right, uh, does Colin Coward right. Feel like he had been special. Been talking and been to somebody else. That, yeah, and this... maybe, and that maybe, maybe that Sean Payton might have given Terry Bradshaw more information than Colin Coward. This I've learned uh, through the last couple of weeks with Sean Payton is he likes to go out and drink with his coworkers, for sure. <laughs> he drank my whiskey. Yeah. That's uh, frowned upon with the Broncos organization these days, Are by the sure? way. Is it? It had a couple pickles through the years. Oh, that's with true. front they, office yeah, members. And yeah, they They have. had both a front office member and a coach get a DUI? I'm not sure. I know a front office member because I think he was a former teammate of Ted Johnson's at Colorado back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, so be careful out there, Sean Payton. But he likes he likes going out and drinking with Colin Cowherd till all hours, till the wee hours of the morning. Evidently... He likes drinking beer and whiskey with Terry Bradshaw. I choose to believe Jimmy Johnson was part of these discussions as well. And that he talks and talks and talks during those sessions. It sounded like Terry Bradshaw, uh, known for his loquacity, was somehow acting like Sean Payton was a bigger talker than he was. Yes. I don't know. Oh, Lamont told me that I'm over-talking you this morning, so I'm... I oh, really? Okay. Got I, a little excited about a few I things, hadn't noticed. So. Yeah, Seth, yeah, don't kill his joy, Lamont. It's all right. I don't know. People get upset when they when, when Shawnee's getting talked over. I, I get it. Well, did I'm you... Sorry, everybody. Okay, along those lines, Ben, do we have the uh, the audio from um, from the YouTube, the Texans YouTube? Of, of me over-talking? No, no, no. But D'Amico Ryan's asked me a really important question when I um, shook his hand at the pre-press conference little reception that we had. Yeah, you didn't know he was mic'd up, did you? I didn't know he was mic'd up at all. I don't know if he knew he was mic'd well, He probably knew he was mic'd up. Um, but I a shotgun mic on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know he was mic'd up, but they caught D'Amico Ryans. Take a listen to this. You got to listen a little closely. Um, this is D'Amico Ryans uh, walking up to me and shaking my hand at the pre-press conference reception and asking me the question that all of our listeners have. Mark. How you doing, man? 
Talking to Berman awesome. here. Going, Congrats. Great. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Great to see you, bud. Nice walking in the yeah, cafeteria. Yeah, sensors when you were here. No. That's not. That's the first <laughs> time I've ever seen. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. Parker Hillis. Keep yourself in line. Yeah, try. All right. Keeping, <laughs> keeping Seth in line. Keeping Seth in line was the very first yeah. question D'Amico asked me. I said I'm trying to, I, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so um, that, that that, a, that's, you know, that's the question for the text. Am I keeping Seth in line? That would have been like seven years ago when he was, you know, listening to a lot of sports radio in Houston. He yeah. was thinking about going into it. Uh, we didn't – he was doing some radio uh, regularly. We didn't have him on our show um, – Luckily, yeah, I might have I might have seduced him into uh, a career in radio or something far less and, lucrative than the one he's chosen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, and he already and he wouldn't have, um, you know, he obviously wouldn't be coaching the Texans yeah. right now. Yeah. Hey, I just noticed, he might have gotten sick of life in general. I just, the, way, the way I have, I, I just noticed something about the exchange <laughs> where you and I talked about this a while back when when Figgy and Ryan Rocket had that YouTube clip or that clip from their podcast, Gems and Juice podcast, great podcast, download it, subscribe. Yeah. Um, they, they put that snippet up where they talked about the word buddy, and they said yeah, that yeah. you, Seth Payne, are the only one who's able to use it and have it sound like kind of sincere and not as an insult. But even then, it uh, like it took it took a while for Ryan Rocket to realize that when I said buddy to him, I meant it sincerely and yeah. not like as a, as a degrading thing. Right. Uh, here, let's. I want to listen to the full exchange now between D'Amico Ryan's and me. I'm Pendergast. Hey, Sean. Radio Six yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations, Parker Hillis. Keep yourself in line. Yeah, try. All right. Good to see you again, buddy. Who said that? D'Amico, said to that? me. D'Amico. I was listening for him. He said, buddy? Yeah, play it one more time, Ben. Take a listen. Hey, Sean. Radio Six yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, okay. Keep yourself in line. Yeah, try. I didn't at the time. When I shook his hand, I was like, this is really cool. He just called me buddy. Should I be insulted by that? Yeah. <laughs> really? much of you at all. Oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't even <laughs> criticized him yet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's see. Yeah, plus, uh, you know, when D'Amico... <laughs> now i got to watch the whole YouTube to see what the introductions were like with everybody. I think we're probably getting our walking papers soon. Yeah. That was one of the conditions of the hire. <laughs> Said, I don't, need old, I don't need Buddy over there and his, and his sidekick, Seth. <laughs> and his loose cannon of a sidekick <laughs> that he can't keep in line. Flapping their gums all day long, all right? I like to ride in in the morning with something pleasant to listen to. <laughs> Not some big oaf over-talking some nerd from Notre Dame. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> dude! He was saying, uh, "Keep me in line." I wonder too. Uh, I remember talking to D'Amico about some of this stuff. And when he was first with, when he was with San Francisco, they came in for that combined practice a few years ago, um, and he was kind of well on his way at that point. But back when he used to listen to more sports radio, that was I was also I, I was a little bit more of a loose cannon too. Yeah, I had a hard time controlling my my emotions. Then. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know that it has anything to do with me. Like, if he's keeping him in line, sure am. Keeping him under my thumb. <laughs> he doesn't blow up anymore most of the time. Go <laughs> yeah. die, everybody. Well, there's that. <laughs> there's that. All right. We discussed this yesterday. When I say go die these days, I, uh, I, it's, it's not as much of an insult because I have a different view of life and death. Right. And I would really like those people to go die. Um, but I don't look at it as nearly as tragic a thing as uh, maybe I would have in the past. I feel like I, it's... In the past, I would have said it metaphorically. Yeah. And, uh, but it actually would have been more injurious than right now where I'm saying go die. But it's, a, it's, not, even, there's very little, it's not even a real dividing line between life and it's death. It's a really. corollary yeah. to your advice that you start giving to people these days that we're all going to die someday. 
right? Exactly, like, exactly. It's just, just an like, adjunct. I, your time, I think you'd be better off if you would just go do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not asking them to take their own lives. Right. I'm asking them just for the universe. I know that isolated, yeah. it sounds like he's screaming it, but it's really, if you were to listen to the entire cut, it was done very politely. It really was. Well, really, if anything, I'm uh, hoping that they have finally have some peace uh, by dying. Precisely. <laughs> and this is, is how I... an awful thing to wish that somebody would have peace finally Right, by dying? right. And yeah. D'Amico, this is how I keep Seth in line. Yes. There yeah. you go. Um, could a Texan... Tomorrow is the NFL Honors. Could a Texan bring home hardware at the NFL Honors? There is an award that a Texan is a finalist for, and we are going to hear the audio and the play attached to this next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, y'all remember this play from earlier in the season. From the five from the 22, Pierce again, over the middle, 20, breaks a tackle, 15, 10, gang tackled inside the five, does he stay on his feet, he does down to the two-yard line, what a run by Damian Pierce, got out of trouble again and again until Cisco brings him down, first and goal, Texans. That was Jacksonville week five, that set up the only yeah. touchdown of the game for the uh, of either team, 13-6 to six was the final score of that game, the Texans, one of their three wins on the season, Damian Pierce setting up a Damian Pierce plunge from the one-yard line right there. And anybody of our generation, when they hear about Cisco taking somebody down, can't, can't but help but think of the thong song. So uh, that was another <laughs> right. part of it, too. The fact that he was finally brought down by the thong song. Uh, <laughs> yes. I get it. I get it. Many of us, many of us were brought down by the thong song. Indeed. Um, indeed. So Some kids might not realize that the popularity of the thong was not always what it uh, what it is today. Right, it right. Cisco really. To, it was an outlier. It yeah, it was an outlier yeah. back in the day. So that was Damian Pierce breaking what I believe was at least, and it's not an exaggeration, at least seven tackles on one play. He had more broken tackles on that one play than David Johnson had his entire Texans career. That is not me throwing shade at David Johnson. That, my friends, is what we call a statistical fact. So Damian Pierce, my tease into this was he might be up for some hardware at the NFL Honors. Um, as it turns out, they are going to give an award for the angry run of the year. Now, for those who don't oh. know, yeah, Good Morning Football. Uh, yeah. Kyle Brandt, who's one of the hosts on Good Morning Football, has a feature he does throughout the season called Angry Runs, and he picks out the most 
the, the, the runs during the weekend, the prior weekend, where there are broken tackles or stiff arms that... A Derrick Henry stiff yeah. arm. Yeah, bowling over. Like, Justin Reed made it in a bad way this year by yeah. getting bowled over by <laughs> a running back. If, if you're yeah, a like t- old school Earl Campbell type of, you know, helmet to the chest plate type yes. of stuff. If you're a defensive yeah. player who winds up in the angry runs feature, it means it was a bad day for you at some yeah, point. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Damian Pierce's run against Jacksonville is it turns out, is one of three finalists for the angry run of the year. Now, here was Kyle Brandt on the Monday after, or maybe they do it on Tuesdays, the Tuesday after week five describing Damian Pierce's run that we just heard. Get over here! Let's go! This is a very special angry runs, my friend, presented by FedEx. Very special, like Arnold the Bicycle Shop? No, 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 no. This is the angry run of the year. The week five, Texans, Jaguars, Damian Pierce. He has a brand, and it is running through people and over them. You, 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 do you think he cares this team's going to win three games? He doesn't. He has the perfect name, Damian and Pierce. His last name is a verb. This guy's handing off. I don't care if the Jaguars end up in the playoffs. Damian Pierce, unroll it. He has the neon green mouth guard for reasons I don't even understand, and I do not care because he's picking Jaguars out of his teeth. This guy could be standing up at NFL Honors winning a golden scepter. Damian bleeping Pierce if you need him. Okay. <laughs> it's a fun segment. <laughs> oh, boy, there's some good references in there. For one, the very special. Uh... <laughs> that was edgy. <laughs> that was edgy. Cause, uh, which was, okay, so on Different Strokes, the bicycle shop episode, was that one where, was Willis working at a bicycle shop? No, no, the... no, 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 no. They, 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 uh, Arnold and his friend Dudley had befriended yeah. the owner of a bicycle shop who, as and it turns out, out he turned out to be a, a child molester. Creepy. Yeah. He's creepy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Edgy. There. There was a bicycle shop episode of Brady Bunch, which wasn't nearly as special. It, it, would, it just turned out that um, Bobby didn't have, like, the mechanical uh, aptitude for it. So, he had to, like, he had to be That was edgy for the Brady for Bunch. <laughs> that was edgy. Yeah. <laughs> you saying my you saying my boy is dim? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um... So uh, the uh, I, I liked the using the his last name as a as a verb. That was good. Damian Pierce. Yep. That was good. That was good. I, I, I was a little angry. I hadn't thought of that at some point. Um, the neon green mouthpiece. I have to tell you, was that Damian's yes. mouthpiece? Yeah, he had, a, he had a neon green mouthpiece. In. That's what they were. Uh, they've done that since 2002. Back in the beginning, I had a neon green mouthpiece, and I found it. Uh, I found it helpful because if you lose your mouthpiece. Um, it's easy to find because it's neon. Mm. So I was, uh, I'm cool with the neon green mouthpiece. Okay. I can tell Kyle Brandt exactly why the neon green mouthpiece. It's because you can find it on the field. If you're used to playing with a mouthpiece and then all of a sudden you're without your mouthpiece, it's a bad feeling, man. Oh, really? It's like you can feel every little rattle in your skull no kidding. When, you're used to, when you're used to having a mouthpiece Okay, yeah. okay. Um, I thought what was interesting in that cut, other than Damian Pierce just destroying the lives and souls of several Jacksonville Jaguars, is when uh, Kyle Brandt said, I don't care if the Jags make the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. This is blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see if he can put his money where his mouth is. Now, I don't think it's Kyle Brandt picking them. I think it's a vote on the Good Morning Football Instagram account that, that they're conducting this. But well, I don't trust those people. Yeah. Why are you following, <laughs> Rig- why are you following football people on Instagram? Rigged election. Twitter's yeah. for that. Yep. But Twitter, uh, Instagram's far too positive to be following football content. Yep, on that's there. right. Go, to tw- go with Twitter. Um, so... 
but the the Jags did end up making the playoffs of all things. That was that was pretty wild. Um, so yeah, Damian Pierce is up for that. The other two that are up for it are I watched the videos of both of these. Whereas Damian Pierce's angry run is him just running through about a half dozen tackles. The other two are both the the other category of angry run that you were describing, Seth. The stiff arm that makes a guy airborne. You know, the, yeah. and Rashad yeah. White, who's a running back for the Buccaneers, did it to a Seattle defender in Week Ten, and then Najee Harris did it to an Atlanta Falcon in Week Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. and Najee's was pretty brutal. It was pretty Maybe impressive. All three of these were brutal. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was brutal, but it was just one. Whereas Damian Pierce broke seven tackles. I call it eight because the eighth guy. I believe Cisco was it was like he was getting dragged by Damian Pierce's thong uh for like five <laughs> yards. I feel like if you make a tackle and the guy gets five yards after contact, that's a missed tackle. Yeah. You didn't like that's a that that's barely a tackle right there. Yeah. You should get no credit for the tackle. So I'd say I say seven and a half missed tackles at least. And there was also somebody that may have had a glancing I really feel like there were I think there were, there may have been nine guys from the Jaguars defense that made contact with Damian Pierce on that play cuz somebody got a glancing blow at his ankle but it was obscured by the by the scrum. Where does a golden scepter rank in the cool trophy power rankings? Seems pretty badass pretty, to me. A golden is it pretty, scepter is it is it like gaudy looking? Like I've never in a way seen, that it almost I'm, I'm, like it's so I'm, gaudy it's sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. It just seems different to me. You know, like a golden scepter. That's something that yeah. would lean nicely up on a mantle somewhere. Well, you know, like yeah, and the uniqueness of it makes it cool. It's a story piece. Like yeah. my Ed Block Courage Award is the one I get the most comments on because it's this pewter helmet. It's a it's a Texans helmet. It's an actual Texans helmet. Super. And they cool. but they coat it in pewter yeah. somehow. But then they, the one thing that's added to it is like the, the Texans logo is raised up above it and that's awesome. made out of some kind of something. But it's all pewter and it's really badass. It's cool. So yeah, I would put a scepter up there. That's pretty uh, that's pretty cool. If you can't go down and get it at your trophy shop or your you know, your your plaque store or whatever, yeah. then uh, then yeah, it's pretty cool. Um we played some audio uh in the previous segment of um that's on the Texans YouTube channel. They have about a, it's a really good video. It's about a ten minute video of D'Amico just reconnecting with everybody the day that he was hired, the day he was in for his press conference. We played some audio of D'Amico Ryan's uh of me getting to shake hands with him at the pre press conference reception. And he he said, uh, well, "Well, we'll let you guys take a listen to it here." I'm Pendergast from hey, Radio Six Ten. Yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations, Parker Hillis. Keep yourself in line. Yeah, try. Right. So he asked me keeping Seth in line, but I but the thing that jumped out at me after listening to it again was, huh? He called me buddy, which Figgy and Ryan Rocket indicated on Twitter a few months back can be construed as an insult. He said, yeah, there's a little bit of a culture gap there yeah. between, you know, yeah. A lot of people on the text page, trailer wheel and frame text page, by the way. Uh, I mean, several different people on here and on Twitter saying, it sounds like he says, baby. Like, hey, Sean, how you doing, baby? One more time, Ben, just that part. I'm Pendergast hey, Radio 610. Yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. I think it's buddy. I think it's how you doing, buddy. Yes. Can I hear it one more time? Yeah, yeah. I'm hey, Sean. Radio 610. Yeah, good to see you again, yeah. buddy. Good to see you yeah, again, there's buddy. a D there. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. too. I think so, too. Um, but I think he's been uh, – I, I feel like he used it in the way that um, – That you use it. it. Way that, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I don't – I think that – yeah, he's not – he's definitely not – you know, he and obviously by body language and everything, he was happy to see you. So uh, <laughs> he wasn't choosing that moment 
to base it. The big thing, one of the big things with buddy, like obviously if you say it in a certain tone, like, listen, buddy. Yeah. Like, okay, that's an aggressive use of the term buddy. Um, I think some people feel like it might be a little bit condescending, like it might be what you say to your, you know, your, your nephew or something. Like, hey, buddy, as you tussle his hair. Yeah. Uh, or there's like, uh, if you use it, Almost, if you use it in the third person, if you say, well, old buddy over here, you know, that's extreme. That's the most extremely denigrating way to say it. We found an Arian Foster tweet where he refers to somebody as buddy. And um, Definitely I think shade. you're safe. <laughs> I think you're in the green right there. I, I think yeah. I am too. Um, 7811 on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Buddy is good, Sean. You're liked. Not like John Lopez, LOL. <laughs> 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 Drive by on Lopez? John's a great guy. What are you doing? Biggie, <laughs> that's a fun podcast, Gems and Juice. I do listen to it because they talk a lot of hip-hop and everything. So it's kind of like my little education yeah. about Cliff hip-hop notes. and stuff. And they speak, and I kind of like I Google stuff afterwards. I've got a bunch of post-it notes here for stuff I wanted to ask Figgy about uh, leading into the Grammys because uh, they they brought up some like <laughs> that ship sailed. Oh, rap lyrics and song lyrics using Bissonette mm. is becoming more of a thing because Lizzo referenced Bissonette, um, and not in a not in a bad way. Right. Somebody, one of the uh, so Bissonette. Let's see, take a girl out. Dress her up, put her on Bissonette. That was not a Lizzo lyric. That was somebody else, okay. um, a current rapper. Okay. But basically, Figgy had heard that, and he was like, oh, yeah, if you're from outside of Houston, you don't necessarily know what that means. You take a girl, dress her up, and put her on Bissonette. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's certain uh, parts of Bissonette, yeah. Yeah, Bissonette made it. Bissonette was put over the top in Big a lot time. of ways. Yeah, for by, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but also, Ryan Rocket had a funny line in the last one. He said he saw that the Texans beat the allegations of racism. <laughs> he said it like, yeah, I see the Texans beat their allegations of racism. <laughs> yeah. and they, but they talked about, so Figgy and, and Ryan Rocket were talking about, a lot of the, what we, we talked about is it's very easy for people outside the city of Houston to kind of just think like, oh, I know what's going on here. Pretty obvious what's going on. Racism. And people inside Houston, including a lot of black Texans fans, are like, well, listen, not to diminish yeah. uh, the importance of these topics or anything, but you got to understand, right. these guys sucked. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not this particular hill to die it's on. Been, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, so it's, it's, uh, that's a good podcast. You should listen to Joe. Very, very good podcast. Absolutely. Let's get to some headlines in the next segment, including a new all-time leading score in the NBA, a new offensive coordinator in Tennessee, and... Derek Carr has been given permission to speak to his possible next employer. John McClain, top of the hour as well. That is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Get to headlines in just a second. Um, while I was in the break here, I found a mock draft on NFL.com. I feel like mock draft, like an apple a day keeps a doctor away. I feel like I need one mock draft per day just to nourish me as we head up to the last weekend in April. Um, yeah, the mock drafts finally got me. Forever, I, forever, I just, I, I hated them. I despised them, and I think part of it was just kind of accepting them for what they are, which is just a fun, a fun exercise in calling somebody else an idiot. Has it helped that the Texans have had multiple first round picks the last couple of years now? Well, this year and obviously last year as well. Like, there's that there's more interest and more cross. They didn't have a first-round pick for like four years. You know what I mean? I guess you say multiple first-round picks is in. Uh, yeah, you mean or at least a first-round pick? Yeah, you, yeah. Are you talking about? Are you talking about just having like the fact that they have multiple first-round picks in a year, or just in general that they've had first-round picks at all? Uh, probably a little of both, but yeah, like yeah. it's even heightened last year, this year, and next year too because they've got yeah. two picks in the top thirteen. That kind of yeah. thing. That probably yeah, after helps. going what. Three out of four years with yep. no first round pick at all. It's yep. been kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if um, well, and before that, honestly, yeah, with Bill O'Brien, because they generally had respectable records, they don't, they weren't picking high enough in the first round for it to be that interesting. Usually, where now they've had high first round picks, um, and that gets interesting. That gets fun to imagine the possibilities of everything lining up just right. This is really the first one that they've been quarterback hunting in in a long, long time. This That's draft, true. you know, yeah. they like well, the people could say, "Hey, in 2014, when they had the first overall pick, they could have drafted a quarterback." But that was, I mean, the first round picks that you were Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, and Teddy Bridgewater, and and that wasn't a football team. That was a two and fourteen team the year before, but it was a kind of a fugazi horrible football team because they did have a lot of talent. They just Matt Schaub just threw a bunch of pick sixes and everybody got hurt. Um, yeah. And and when they actually did draft a quarterback in 2017 with Deshaun, I don't know that they were quarterback hunting in the draft. I mean, clearly, clearly they ended up yes, they were quarterback hunting, but we weren't looking at them at being a prime prime quarterback landing spot because they had to trade up from where they were. They were picking 25th and had to move up to 12 to get Deshaun. And to that point, Rick Smith had never traded up in the first round before. Yeah, it honestly, if you're if you're stacking up you know, misery indexes of your team and where they've gone wrong. I guess the one thing that could easily be looked at as a positive or negative with the Texans, it's that they really haven't made a huge gaffe on the quarterbacks they've selected in the first round, other than in the very first year with Derek Carr, but that, or D- David Carr. But that was also... That was partly because there were just not that many good – there were no good quarterbacks. I guess the bad – the really downside of it is that the Texans, every single time they've had a high draft pick, it's been in a year where there really wasn't a good quarterback to be had. You yeah. know, where it's the opposite of Indianapolis where twice um, they lucked themselves into a very worthy number one overall candidate. When the Texans have had the number one overall pick or the number three overall pick or whatever, what have you, there just hasn't been – there hasn't been a guy that's really worth taking. Yep. I mean, last year, 
Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. We saw Malik. You know, guys, imagine if the Texans had drafted Malik Willis in any round oh, last year and tried to roll god. him out there. My god. Because he yeah, would have played even bad. earlier. That would have been yeah. bad. That would have been bad. In this particular one I'm looking at, we'll get to this quick because we've got to get to headlines. John McClain joins us in about Screw 15, the headlines, 15 minutes. No, there's some good headlines today. Real oh, quick. Oh, don't, don't yeah, yeah. let me keep – shut me up at shut me up at 8 a.m. Because oh. I always feel like Jim McClain is sitting on the sitting on the line waiting to, to get on, and I'm like in the middle of some stupid okay. rant about the word buddy or okay. something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And we're still getting texts about that, by the way. Um, yeah. In this particular, this is Eric Edholm of NFL.com. Texans picking two and picking 12th with the, uh, the second pick in Eric Edholm version 1.0 of his mock draft, the Houston Texans select Bryce Young. Young's small frame and shoulder injury are concerns, but his field vision anticipation skills are elite. D'Amico Ryans also starred for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I can tell you of all the things that matter in drafting Bryce Young, I'm guessing the fact that D'Amico Ryans went to the same school like two decades ago. Oh, oh, yeah. Probably yeah. is going to be fairly far down the list of reasons they draft Bryce Young, I would think. Um, well, it's a, nice, it's a did, happy accident, but I don't think it's a reason you know, to draft him. John Harris was at the Senior Bowl, and he did say, you know, in Mobile there, he was actually, whenever he had something with a Texans logo on, a lot of people, a lot of people were coming up to him and talking to him about um, how, what a great hire D'Amico Ryans was and everything. He's still very highly regarded as a, as a former Alabama player, even though that was before the, the rebirth with Nick Saban. In this mock draft, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman, goes to the Bears number one overall. They don't trade down. And C.J. Stroud does not get picked until number six overall with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, Will Levis went fourth to the Colts, so C.J. Stroud wasn't Oh, even... I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, C.J. Stroud I was just wasn't looking even... for Stroud. Yeah, yeah, Stroud's oh, QB. He's QB three in this bad boy here. Well, you know what that means. Will Levis is in workout. He'll be able to <laughs> he's the next the damn horse shoe He's the love child of is so, Peyton yeah. Manning and Andrew Luck. Um, let's hit the 12th. That's why Arisa is always on the toilet because he's got that lucky horseshoe shoved up his butt. So far. <laughs> yep. Yep. Got to spend a lot of time there. Um, let's do the 12th pick here with the 12th pick in the Eric Edholm version 1.0 mock draft. The Houston Texans select. Okay. This is someone that's been selected before in these mock drafts. Lucas yep. Van Ness, edge defender, Iowa. He is a, he's an early entry. He was a red shirt sophomore this past year. The comment on him, he's not J.J. Watt Jr., but Van Ness has decent strength and excellent growth potential, bringing a hockey enforcer mentality to Houston's defense. Despite not starting for the Hawkeyes, Van Ness has borderline elite burst for his frame. Yeah, he's like raw in a lot of ways, which I get more and more increasingly skeptical of, by the way. Uh, when With the existence of YouTube... I don't like pass rushers who are raw because there's no excuse for it. You can, if you're a, if you're a nut for it, you can sit and learn everything you need to learn on YouTube. And I feel like these guys, I was talking to Whitney Merciless about this the other day, that like, it seems like these guys coming into the league now have a bigger and more effective repertoire of moves than they ever had before. And we both credited YouTube. <laughs> at least, uh, at least Whitney agreed with me and didn't feel like debating a stupid topic right. when I brought it up. It was, it was YouTube, right, Whitney? YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, before we get to uh, before we get to headlines, uh, just a couple more texts on D'Amico. Just to be clear, with D'Amico, we have the audio of him greeting me, me greeting him at the uh, pre-press conference reception, and he asked if I'm keeping Seth in line. That's become subtext to whether or not he said, how you doing, buddy, or how you doing, baby, to me, because buddy, I guess, can sometimes be construed as an insult. Let me be very clear. 
I think D'Amico was saying it in a very friendly way. I don't think his goal was to come in to that reception, locate me, walk over so he could throw some sort of shade at me, I don't think. Right, right, I don't right. Think. Yeah, I think some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't think. You just wanted to double check it. Yeah. Because you realize that, okay, sometimes buddy, buddy can be used. Tone of voice matters a lot with buddy. He was very yeah. friendly. I can tell you, if you watch the video, yeah. and if you are me who shook his <laughs> hand, I can tell you, very friendly. But a, a lot of people are saying that they thought he said baby. One more time, and then we'll do headlines. I promise, Ben. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Yeah, good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations, good. Um, I think it's Buddy. Uh, this is from Channel View Petey. He says, Sean, as a black southern country dude, that was a friendly good to see you, buddy. Just not sure whether to call you bro or homie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, not knowing whether to call you bro or homie alone is kind of, uh, it's a, you should take that as a compliment. Yes, yeah. I wish you yeah. called me bromie. Hey, Sean, how you doing there, bromie? Wait, what? <laughs> bromie. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of people thinking it's baby. I think it's pretty clear he says no, buddy there's there. there's a D. Yeah. A D. Plus, baby is not a, like, uh, D'Amico's not a baby kind of guy. No. I don't a buddy know, guy. There's a, like a, a baby, that's a more freewheeling personality of, like, uh, it, it, of any of any background, I feel like, if you're... Uh, you're either you're you're Al Davis, you're Shannon Sharp, yeah. you're somebody like that. Where I know uh, D'Amico's more just kind of laced up than that. He yeah. is, he is. I do feel like there are people in his inner circle who he would call baby. I'm just not one of those people yet. It's my goal. Yeah. I got to get to baby yeah. stage with him. Or baby, if you're doing it, it's got to be on a football field or something where you're a little bit amped up in that moment. Right, right. And right. that uh, leading up to the prefix conference there, I thought D'Amico is very much in his kind of like calm before the storm. You mentally prepared state where as a football player you learn over years that you shouldn't be amped up and screaming all pregame yeah. because you've because you've seen so many movies where they do that you got to be kind of you know conserving energy focused yet relaxed and i feel like that's where he was he wasn't in a like let's go baby right <laughs> no yet. he yeah. was very measured absolutely uh, let's get to he wasn't gonna get up there and dan- yeah he wasn't gonna get up there and dan campbell that's right no no there were no kneecaps getting bitten at that press yeah. conference or that day um john mcclain in a few minutes Let's get to a couple headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. It was a jump shot at the end of the third quarter, and LeBron James is your all-time leading scorer, breaking the record that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar held for the better part of the last 30 or 40 years. 40 years, I believe. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, LeBron James breaking the uh, <clears throat> breaking the all-time record last night in a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, to me, Seth, the big takeaways from the breaking of the record, one, I don't know that LeBron was ever put on this earth to break the all-time scoring record. I think he was put on earth to be the greatest basketball player of all time, but he's been yeah. such a great distributor of the basketball and all-around player. Breaking the scoring record seemed, he even said this, seemed a little foreign to him. I think the other thing is that whereas Kareem, in the you know by the mid-'80s, Kareem was hanging on um, at the same age as LeBron is now, LeBron, uh, LeBron is still close to the peak of his powers he's he's averaging 33 points a game this year he's still incredible right now yeah yeah it's I mean a lot of the his woes are team woes more so than individual woes and I think with the especially with load management being what it is uh you you should expect him to do at least 
for several more years. But gosh, I mean, he's he's thirty eight years old. It's uh, that is is this more impressive? I almost feel like LeBron James doing what he's doing at thirty eight is way more impressive than Tom Brady playing at forty five. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, football is a more physical sport, but I eh, that you could you a quarterback. Could, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess just the sheer risk. I mean, you're one hit away from really bad stuff as opposed to basketball is just a constant pounding kind of thing. That's true. Tom Brady has had way more injuries in his career than LeBron. Remember LeBron rolled his ankle a few years ago and it was like he didn't know how to he didn't know how to act or yeah. respond because he'd never been injured before. It was it's crazy. It is. And yet it's a more physically grueling sport night by night. And it's more taxing. And it, it has more athletic demands than playing quarterback does. Yeah. So the fact that he's doing this at 38. It's LeBron. You just it laid it out. It feels more impressive to me. It's yeah. LeBron. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're both super impressive, but it's LeBron. That's a – I mean, you're a huge, gigantic human being doing something that you were not put on earth to do in terms of just running that much on hard wood all the time. You know. The uh, oldest all-star in a season was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the age of 41. Yeah. In, those were Golden yeah. Watch All Star appearances, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. So, um, Dwayne Wade at thirty eight. Remember when Dwayne Wade was going to retire at like twenty two because his knees were shot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> I got so tired of that man. Yeah. Every year, like, oh, I don't know. This is just Dwayne Wade would have one bad game with the Heat, and people would say, "Well, this is this is probably going to be it." This I mean, his it. knees are his knees are just a mess, don't you know? True. And then he played like fifteen more years. It's yeah. crazy. Yep. Um, <laughs> John McClain joins us in a few minutes just to get a couple of these other headlines in. Tim Kelly back as the OC. Well, Tim Kelly has been with the Titans for the last year, former OC for the Texans. He's back in his OC role now with the Tennessee Titans. He's been promoted to offensive coordinator. Here was Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network on the promotion. The Titans have done what they really have done for the last five or so years under Mike Vrabel, which is find a really good young head coach, promote from within, and then make him their offensive coordinator. They did it with Arthur Smith. They did it with Todd Downing. And now they did it with Tim Kelly, the former Houston Texans offensive coordinator under Bill O'Brien, was really on an incredible trajectory when he was with, with the Houston Texans and really became a favorite of Deshaun Watson, helped Watson develop as he did, ended up leaving there went to Tennessee, did a really good job there. Now, among several coaches with new roles, including Charles London, who comes in as the quarterback's coach, Tim Kelly fills a key offensive coordinator opening for the Tennessee Titans. You know what, Seth, I give Tim Kelly a lot of credit from this standpoint, which is um, Bill O'Brien brought some of his inner circle cronies along from Penn State to the Texans, mostly on the offensive side of the football. The defense was its other thing, but he brought John Perry with him who was a coach at Brown when O'Brien was there back in the day. I think the, the proof is now John Perry probably not qualified to be an NFL offensive assistant, a wide receivers coach. Um, Will Lawing was a guy who was on O'Brien's staff as a quality control coach. Eventually, he was a tight ends coach. Since O'Brien was fired, Will Lawing has had to follow him everywhere he's been. He went to Alabama with him. He's with New England now as a sub-assistant to O'Brien. Tim Kelly at least kind of was able to chart his own path and not have to either go back to lower level college ball or attach himself to O'Brien for a run. He went, he worked for Vrabel and apparently did a good enough job to become an offensive coordinator again. Well, you know, um, you know, George Godsey too, is another guy that was, had been a lifer under Bill O'Brien, but now has gone on and was, you know, was an offensive, was the offensive co-coordinator with the Dolphins two years ago. Um, 
and uh, and and like and had some success there. And now he's up with Baltimore. So I, I think that with with Kelly, I thought that he did some genuinely good things with Deshaun in that lost season after Bill O'Brien was uh, fired, and then the next year afterwards. Um, but he he had a chance to kind of maybe spread his wings a little bit and get some other influences and and see some different perspectives because those guys those guys had had spent like Tim Kelly had spent his entire career with Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien without without Tom Brady has never actually had a good offense in the NFL so it'd be a, this is a big test for Bill O'Brien this would be with the Patriots, the first time can he actually have a good offense without Tom Brady in the NFL because he's never done it before. Yep. Uh, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. By the way, real quick, just because we, I teased it coming into headlines, Derek Carr has been granted permission to talk to the New Orleans Saints. The Raiders have granted permission. Apparently there is a trade queued up if Derek Carr, who has a no-trade clause, likes what he hears from the Saints. Uh, he could very well be the next head coach of the – or sorry, not head coach, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints um, by, uh, by next week. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.